chapter twenty nine of a popular history of the art of music from the earliest times until the present by w s b matthews this librivox recording is in the public domain opera in the eighteenth century part one upon the musical side and in one instance upon the dramatic side as well there were three great forces in opera during this century the first of these in order of time was karl heinrich graun seventeen o one to seventeen fifty nine a native of dresden he was educated there and having early a beautiful voice became treble singer to the town council a curious name for a position in the leading church he profited by the instruction of the official directors of the choir and the church petzold and schmidt and very early he was an enthusiastic student of the compositions of the hamburg director kaiser whose style influenced his own in his later work lotti the italian composer who conducted a series of performances in dresden with a picked company of italian singers was another force operative in his development he early commenced to write cantatas and motets for the seminary of which he was a member all of which show traces of the italian influences in particular his biographer speaks of a passion cantata in which an opening chorus lasset uns aufsehen auf jesum is singularly forcible for the work of a boy of fifteen his first entrance upon operatic work was as tenor when he was scarcely twenty-four years of age being dissatisfied with the music of his part written by one schurman a local director he substituted other airs of his own composition which were so popular that he was commissioned to write an opera and was appointed assistant director his first opera poliodoro was successful and he was commissioned to write five others some in italian some in german besides these he composed several cantatas for church use and several instrumental pieces in seventeen thirty five he was invited to the residence of the crown prince of prussia afterward frederick the great this powerful potentate remained graun's friend and patron until his death here among other works he composed fifty italian cantatas usually consisting of two airs with recitative in seventeen forty frederick came to the throne and gave graun the post of musical director with a salary of two thousand dollars selecting his singers in italy where his singing was very highly appreciated he returned to berlin and assumed the duties of his position here he composed no less than twenty-seven operas the last being in seventeen fifty six all in the italian style and so far as a german might master it and all making the singer the prime person of consideration and the listener next the poet took whatever of opportunity these two might not have needed his best talent both as singer and as composer lay in his power of expressing emotion in adagios in this respect he had no doubt more influence upon the development of the lyric's slow movement than he has generally been credited with 
later in his life he turned once more to church music and in his cantatas and especially in his oratorio der tod jesu the death of jesus a passion oratorio he made a distinct impression upon the practices of his successors in germany this work is held in nearly the same affection as the messiah of handel in england ground's influence upon the later course of opera besides the adagio aria already mentioned lay principally in his accompaniments which were often strong and highly dramatic the great operatic mind of this century and one of the greatest of all time was that of christopher willibald von gluck seventeen fourteen seventeen eighty five by the middle of the eighteenth century the influence of the italian composers helped out by the superficial german composers such as graun and hasse had reduced the italian opera to a collection of mere show-pieces of singing the arias having indeed an excuse in the story but the action of the drama had been lost entirely owing to the long stretches of time needed for these elaborate arias and the recalls to which they inevitably gave rise during these pauses the action ceased entirely as we see at the present day in many italian operas still current as in the mad scene from lucia for instance in that scene where everything ought to be wild excitement the chorus singers representing the relatives and friends of poor lucia stand around while she sings long cadenzas with the flute in such trying relationships as would test the vocal technique of a sane person in the time of gluck this abuse had reached about the same height and to make the matter less bearable the italian composers had not yet attained the art of expressing sentiment simply and directly but were intent upon sweet-sounding trivialities calculated to please the groundlings but of little or no relation to the drama gluck sought to restore the ideal of the original inventors of opera with such unconscious modification as had been made meanwhile but before undertaking this he had to undergo the usual long and severe apprenticeship of reformers in his time the rules for a composer had become well settled every personage must have his or her aria immediately upon their first entrance the character of the arias had been well settled there was the aria cantabile a flowing melody very lightly accompanied affording opportunity for embellishments the aria di portamento introducing long swelling notes affording the singer opportunity for illustrating his length of breath and sustaining power and so on with several other forms of aria the part of hero whether male or female was assigned to a man an artificial soprano although it might be a hero like hercules for example the subject had to be classical and the denouement happy there were invariably six principal characters three men and three women the first woman was always a high soprano the second or third a contralto the first man always the hero of the piece 
an artificial soprano the second man might be an artificial soprano or a contralto the third man might be a bass or tenor but it was not at all unusual to confide all the male parts to artificial sopranos each principal character claimed the right to sing an aria in each of the three acts of the drama each scene ended with an aria of some one of the classes already mentioned but no two arias of the same class were permitted to follow each other gluck was the reformer destined by the fates to rectify some of these artificial traditions he was educated at the jesuit seminary in komotau and later in prague he was engaged in the musical forces of prince melzi who took him to italy where he became a pupil of the famous italian composer and teacher sammartini to this fact no doubt is due his early attachment to the italian opera here he wrote several operas all more or less in the italian style as he had been taught it and as he heard it upon every hand his first work artaserse the book by metastasio was produced with such success in milan in seventeen forty one that he presently wrote several others for other italian theatres for venice in seventeen forty one demetrio and ipermestra for cremona artamene seventeen forty three for turin alessandro nelle indie seventeen forty five for milan demofonte siface and phedra seventeen forty two seventeen forty four in all eight operas in five years none of these works in their complete form are now in existence fragments alone have been preserved if any inference is justified from these extracts the style throughout was that of the italian opera of the day the fame of gluck had now extended to england and in seventeen forty five he was invited to london to compose operas for the haymarket theatre he came and wrote the year following seventeen forty six la caduta dei giganti after which he produced the cremona opera handel assisted at the production of these two operas and is reported to have said that the author knew no more of counterpoint than a pig naumann thinks that gluck learned much from hearing handel's oratorios in england and that his subsequent deeper and nobler dramatic style was formed upon these great models the two operas produced in london made but a moderate success and gluck was commissioned to write a pasticcio or medley of styles he did so imitating all styles according to the best of his ability but it made no better effect than the works before it this was the turning point in his career the failure mortified him deeply and led him to reflect concerning the nature of dramatic music on his way back to vienna he passed through paris where he heard certain operas of rameau which also influenced his style later the declamation and the dramatic treatment of the recitative were the points upon which his attention principally dwelt upon reaching vienna he wrote a number of instrumental pieces bearing the name of symphonies pieces which in no way differed from the conventional music of the day the haydn symphony had not yet been invented and the form was wholly indeterminate there was an opera in this year also a love affair 
gluck was deeply in love with the beautiful and charming daughter of a rich merchant who upon no account would consent to her marriage with a musician so gluck went back to italy and there he wrote another opera rather better in quality than his previous ones early in seventeen fifty the inexorable parent died and late in the year gluck married the woman of his choice who made him a model wife being educated above the average of her times and entering into his ideals and aspirations with ever-ready sympathy her wealth also placed the composer in an easy position as regarded the world and permitted him to devote himself to study for nearly ten years following gluck produced occasionally an opera but as yet the man had not arrived all these were early and apprentice works at length in seventeen sixty two was produced his first masterwork orpheus and eurydice the libretto having been written by the imperial councillor calzabigi the novelty of this great work was not above the appreciation of the viennese public of the day orpheus made a decided success its principal innovations consisted in its more powerful instrumentation the introduction of a chorus having an integral part in the movement of the piece and in the highly dramatic treatment of the second act where orpheus descends into the lower world to seek his lost love nevertheless the composer had not reached true self-consciousness a retrogression followed he went back to metastasio and in conjunction with him produced three or four small operas all in his earlier style but in seventeen sixty seven he returned to calzabigi and upon a libretto of his wrote alceste which was produced at the vienna opera house in seventeen sixty seven with vastly more success than orpheus the story is that of the tragedy of euripides and the music is exclusively severe and tragic the public was divided concerning the merit of the new work already the notion of a music of the future had been conceived and the notion suggested that only in a more self-forgetful future would a work of such severity and of such lofty aim find acceptance in the dedicatory epistle to the duke of tuscany prefixed to the score gluck defines his intentions he says i seek to put music in its true purpose that is to support the poem and thus to strengthen the expression of the feelings and the interest of the situation without interrupting the action i have therefore refrained from interrupting the actor in the fervor of his dialogue by introducing the accustomed tedious ritournelle nor have i broken his phrase at an opportune vowel that the flexibility of his voice might be exhibited in a lengthy flourish nor have i written phrases for the orchestra to afford the singer opportunity to take a long breath preparatory to the accepted flourish nor have i dared to hurry over the second part of an aria when such contained the passion and the most important matter to find myself in accord with the conventional repeat of the same phrase four times 
as little have i permitted myself to close an aria where the sense was incomplete solely to afford the singer an opportunity of introducing a cadenza in short i have striven to abolish all these bad habits against which sound reasoning and true taste have been struggling now for so long in vain there were several numbers in alceste which exercised an influence upon subsequent composers among the more notable being the speech of the oracle which mozart must have had in mind in writing the commandatore's reply to don giovanni and the sacrificial march which probably influenced the priest's march in the magic flute gluck was forty-eight when he wrote orpheus and fifty-three when alceste appeared galled by the criticisms of his countrymen and encouraged by the friendship of the french ambassador gluck now went to paris where his operas were presently brought out but with the same varying favor as at home marie antoinette who had been his pupil befriended him and granted him a pension of six thousand francs thus supported he brought out still another grand opera in the french language iphigenie en olide produced at paris in seventeen seventy four in this work classical severity was scrupulously observed and the opera is full of telling points of dramatic musical coloration in armide seventeen seventy seven he endeavored to show that he was equally at home in richly conceived sensuous music and succeeded so well that the famous controversy was precipitated with the italian composer piccini who had just arrived in paris preparatory to bringing out his opera of roland volumes were written in praise of italian music and in disparagement of the roughness of that of gluck on the other hand the friends of gluck stood up for him manfully and the contest raged fiercely with the usual result of thoroughly advertising the music of both gluck's last opera for paris was iphigenie en tauride seventeen seventy nine the same subject already having been treated by his rival piccini the superiority of gluck's was incontestable he died at vienna of apoplexy november fifteenth seventeen eighty seven gluck's place in art has been well summed up by padre martini and the opinion is all the more worthy of attention from the general charge of gluck's enemies that his music had overturned the traditions of pure italian art he says all the finest qualities of italian and many of those of french music with the great beauties of the german orchestra are united in his work this is tantamount to crediting gluck with having created a cosmopolitan music which is precisely the position which posterity has assigned him for the time when he wrote his music is wonderfully fine it still retains its vitality as has been vividly shown in several revivals of his orpheus within recent years in two of which in america and in italy the american prima donna madame helene hastreiter has nobly distinguished herself 
the third force alluded to at the outset of the chapter as having been mainly influential in german opera during the eighteenth century and until our own time it might be added was mozart whose works have already received attention in former pages of the narrative it must suffice here to remind the reader of the successes and qualities of his operas in order that he may be remembered in this connection for like gluck his art was cosmopolitan having in it the sweetness of the italian the richness of the german and occasional traces of the declamation of the french part two after lully the next great name in the history of french opera was that of jean philippe rameau sixteen eighty three seventeen sixty five this great master was one of the most versatile men of whom we have a record in music he was a mathematician physicist a profound theorist and a virtuoso upon the piano and harpsichord he is one of the four great names in music of the period of bach and handel the fourth being scarlatti his education in music began while he was very young and it is said of him that such was his talent that he could improvise a fugue upon any theme assigned when he was but fourteen years of age his father wished him to be trained for the law but music had greater charms for him and the margins of his books were marked over with crochets and quavers having become desperately in love with a fascinating young widow whom his father was opposed to his marrying he was sent at the age of seventeen to italy ostensibly to study he came therefore to milan about seventeen o one a few years before handel came there italian music was little to his taste the dignified declamation of the lully operas seemed to him better worthy of the attention of men than the tunes of the italians accordingly he took service as a violinist with a traveling operatic troupe and in this capacity visited the south of france in paris he became a pupil of the court organist marchand of whom we hear again in connection with certain tests of proficiency with handel marchand was at first delighted with his new pupil but presently dropped him when he discovered how talented he was and liable to prove a dangerous rival accordingly he left paris and took service as organist at lille which post he exchanged afterward for one at clermont in this quiet town he devoted himself to the study of harmony and to reflection upon the principles of music he read there the works of zarlino and other italian theorists in seventeen twenty one he returned to paris and published his treatise on harmony in which he propounded the theory of inversions his second treatise on harmony new system of musical theory was published in seventeen twenty five these works excited a great deal of attention and brought the author renown but his soul yearned for recognition as a composer and in seventeen thirty he obtained from voltaire a libretto samson this work was declined at the national opera on the grounds that the public was not attracted by biblical subjects three years later however he composed another hippolyte et arcy which was performed with moderate success he had now reached the age of fifty and entered upon the second stage of his artistic career and the second period of the french opera 
the admirers of rameau invited appreciation of the new works upon the ground of their being better than those of lully and all paris was divided into two opposite camps rameau is entitled to having developed his operas more musically than those of lully and the later ones became still richer upon the orchestral side the entire list of operas by rameau numbers about thirty that they did not preserve their popularity so long as those of lully is due to their deficiency upon the dramatic side especially to the inherent inexpressiveness of the music itself the treatment of the orchestra is clever in many places showing a manifest improvement over that of lully especially in the freedom of thematic work he also ventures occasionally on inharmonic changes contemporaneous with him was that remarkable genius jean-jacques rousseau seventeen twelve seventeen seventy eight the father of the kindergarten idea and of many other humanitarian and educational novelties rousseau's importance in the history of music is not sufficient to justify an account of his early days with a great fondness for music he found it extremely difficult to read by note as he was almost entirely self-taught this led him to devise a simpler notation which he did about seventeen forty publishing an account of it in seventeen forty three his system was substantially that of the tonic sol fa except that he used figures in place of letters he presented a memorial to the academy of sciences upon this subject in seventeen forty two but his plan was so vigorously opposed by rameau that nothing came of it nevertheless the idea was afterward worked out by m paris in the present century and has proven very useful among the orpheonists in seventeen fifty two rameau produced his first opera le divin du village a very light affair somewhat on the order of what uh, germans called a singspiel the most remarkable piece that he produced was his comedy pygmalion in seventeen seventy five there is no song in this opera the only music in it is that for orchestral interludes in the intervals between the phrases of declamation the continuation of french opera was due to philidor the celebrated chess player seventeen twenty six seventeen ninety five he was very talented in many directions and from the production of his first opera in seventeen fifty nine to his last belisaire finished by his friend berton and produced in seventeen ninety six he enjoyed an uninterrupted popularity having brought out in that time about twenty-one operas some of them comic one or two of them serious his music is light and pleasing and he is credited with having been the first to produce descriptive airs le Maréchal, and the unaccompanied quartet tom jones seventeen sixty four the great merit of his works was their clever construction for the stage contemporaneous with him was pierre alexander monsigny seventeen twenty nine eighteen seventeen not having been intended for the profession of music he had a classical education and upon the death of his father obtained a clerkship in paris he belonged to a noble family and at first pursued music as a recreation his first opera was produced after five months tuition in harmony 
and theory in 1759 this was followed by about thirty other works his greatest skill was melody and ease of treatment in eighteen twelve he was appointed inspector of the conservatory and in eighteen thirteen he succeeded Gretry in the institute and in eighteen sixteen he received the cross of the legion of honor upon the appearance of andre ernest modeste gretry seventeen forty one eighteen thirteen we come to a real genius although not of the first order he was the son of a poor violinist of liege belgium and when about sixteen years of age he composed six small symphonies and a mass the latter gained him the protection of the canon of the cathedral who sent him to rome where he pursued his studies with very little credit after producing one small work in rome he made his way to paris and his first opera le huron was successfully produced in seventeen sixty eight this was followed by more than fifty operas of all sorts some of which still survive gretry was a very charming man and wrote upon music and other subjects in a pleasing manner his importance in the history of music is due more to the number of works by him than to their striking musical qualities another remarkable musician of this period in france was francois joseph gossec seventeen thirty three eighteen twenty nine who also was a belgian from enol his early training was obtained in the cathedral at antwerp he came to paris in seventeen fifty one and became a pupil of rameau he conceived the idea of writing orchestral symphonies and produced some pieces of this kind in seventeen fifty four five years before the date of haydn's first in seventeen fifty nine he published some quartets in seventeen sixty he produced his best messe des morts in which he made a sensation by writing the tuba mirum for two orchestras one of wind instruments concealed outside berlioz probably derived an idea from this he wrote twelve operas which were successfully produced twenty-six symphonies and a variety of other works he founded his amateur concerts in seventeen seventy and his sacred concerts in seventeen seventy three in seventeen eighty four he organized his school of singing out of which the conservatory of music was afterward developed upon the foundation of the conservatory in seventeen ninety five he was appointed inspector with cherubini and meule his influence upon the general development of music is local to paris where he did more to enrich opera on the instrumental side than any other composer of the eighteenth century etienne henri meule seventeen sixty three eighteen seventeen was another of these prolific composers of light operas son of a cook at givet he had passion for music and soon became a good organist at fourteen he was deputy organist and in seventeen seventy eight he arrived in paris and at once commenced to study and teach the next year he was so fortunate as to listen to gluck's iphigenie en Tauride, which made a great impression upon him he called upon gluck himself in order to express his admiration and in consequence of the encouragement received from the eminent composer he proceeded to write three operas one after another 
which are now lost his fourth was accepted at the academy but not performed finally his euphrosin et coradien was produced at the opera comique in seventeen ninety the public immediately recognized a force a sincerity of accent a dramatic truth and a gift of accurately expressing the meaning of words which always remained the main characteristics of Meyul within the next seventeen years he produced twenty-four operas besides a large number of cantatas and other works upon the whole this sincere master must be regarded as one of the most eminent in the history of french opera somewhat later in the operatic field was jean francois le sueur after serving as a boy chorister at abbeville and amiens he came to paris where in seventeen eighty six he was appointed musical director at notre dame and distinguished himself by giving magnificent performances of motets and solemn masses with a large orchestra in addition to the usual forces his first opera la caverne was produced in seventeen ninety three after which he wrote four others as well as three which were never performed in the line of church music he was much more productive and one might say more at home his music is marked by grand simplicity as a teacher in later life he was very celebrated among his pupils being the greatest of french masters berlioz the most gifted of the french composers of light opera at the end of the eighteenth century and in the part of the nineteenth was francois adrien boileau seventeen seventy five eighteen thirty four this talented musician was born at rouen where his father was secretary to the archbishop the boy was educated in the ecclesiastical schools having begun as a choir boy in the cathedral his first little work for the stage was performed at rouen when he was about seventeen la fille coupable with such success that the author was encouraged to go and seek his fortune in paris here for a long time he met with little encouragement and was obliged to make a living at first as a piano tuner later he was fortunate enough to have certain romances of his sung by popular singers and thus his name became somewhat known for these songs he received the munificent compensation of two dollars and a half each presently he secured a libretto la do de suzette which was composed and performed at the opera comique with so much encouragement that he soon after produced his one-act opera la famille suisse his popularity was not fully established however until zorem et zulnar in seventeen ninety eight this work possesses a vein of tenderness a refined orchestration and singularly clear and pleasing forms in eighteen hundred his world-wide favorite le calife de bagdad was produced and its taking overture was played from one end of europe to the other upon all possible instruments and combinations of them his other two successful operas were jean de paris eighteen twelve and la dame blanche eighteen twenty five both these made as much reputation outside of france as in it and are still produced in germany in eighteen o three boileau received an appointment in st petersburg and lived there six years but he returned to paris later and in eighteen seventeen became meille's successor as teacher of composition at the conservatory 
of the french stage during this epoch it is to be observed that nothing of a large and serious character was produced upon it except the operas of gluck which of course were not indigenous to france what progress was made by the composers before mentioned and others of less importance consisted in acquiring fluency ease and effective construction the ground had been prepared from which the century following would reap a harvest part three in italy during the eighteenth century opera continued to be cultivated by a succession of gifted and prolific composers at the beginning of the century the great alexander scarlatti was at the height of his career as also were lotti and the younger masters mentioned in the former chapter all these composers followed in the style established by scarlatti and porpora the most talented of the italians of this period was giovanni battista pergolesi this gifted genius was born at Yezin in the roman states but when a mere child was admitted to the conservatory of the poor in jesus christ at naples where his education was completed he commenced as a violin player and attracted attention while a mere child by his original passages chromatics new harmonies and modulations a report of his performances of this kind being made to his teacher Mateis, he desired to hear them for himself which he did with much surprise and asked the boy whether he could write them down the next day the youngster presented himself with a sonata for the violin as a specimen of his power this led to his receiving regular instruction in counterpoint the first composition of his was a sacred drama called la conversione di san guglielmo written while he was still a student it was performed with comic intermezzi parentheses s i c exclamation point close parentheses in the summer of seventeen thirty one at the cloister of st agnello the dramatic element in this work is very pronounced and the violin is treated with considerable feeling his first opera la salustia was produced in seventeen thirty one it is notable for improvement in the orchestration in the winter of this same year he wrote his comic intermezzo la serva padrona a sprightly operetta which had a moderate success at the time but afterward for nearly a hundred years was played in all parts of europe he wrote several other operas which had but moderate success although many of them were performed with considerable applause after his death by general consent the most beautiful work of pergolesi was his stabat mater which was written to order for a religious confraternity for use on good friday in place of a stabat by scarlatti the price paid being ten ducats about nine dollars it is for two voices a soprano and contralto and is excellently written no sooner was he dead than his music immediately became the object of admiration his operas and lighter pieces being played in all parts of italy he died at the age of twenty-six being the youngest master who has ever left a permanent impression in musical history one of the most prolific composers of this period was niccolo Giomelli, seventeen fourteen seventeen seventy four 
Yomeli represents the Neapolitan school, having been educated first at the Conservatory of San Onofrio and later at that of La Pieta de Turchini his earlier inclination was church music and in order to perfect himself he went to rome this was in seventeen forty and two of his operas were there produced he afterward visited vienna where he produced several operas and in seventeen forty nine he was appointed assistant musical director at st peter's in rome a position which he held for five years after which he went to stuttgart as musical director while in germany he had a very great reputation as an opera composer in seventeen seventy mozart wrote from naples the opera here is by Jomelli. it is beautiful but the style is too elevated as well as too antique for the theatre his later life was spent in naples besides many operas he wrote a number of compositions for the church it perhaps gives a good idea of the estimation in which he was held while living that a critic highly esteemed in his day said that it would be a sorry day for the world when the operas of Yomeli were forgotten at the same time pronouncing them superior to those of mozart not a single line of Yomeli is performed at the present time nor is likely ever to be but the works of mozart still retain their popularity another prolific composer of the neapolitan school was antonio maria gasparo zacchini this clever composer was very successful in his lifetime his operas being produced in all parts of europe nevertheless they are monotonous in character and have little depth he has very little importance for the history of music still another also from the neapolitan school was piccini seventeen twenty eight eighteen hundred his first operas were produced in seventeen fifty four and from that time on for about forty years he was a very popular composer his works being produced in every theatre and in seventeen seventy eight he was set up as an idol by his admirers in opposition to gluck he was highly honored by napoleon who took pleasure in distinguishing him for the sake of humbling several much more deserving musicians the complete list of his works in fetis contains eighty operas his biographer credits him with one hundred and thirty-three yet another composer of the neapolitan school was giovanni paisello seventeen forty one eighteen fifteen from the time of his first operas to his death he was highly esteemed as a composer in seventeen seventy six he was invited by the empress catherine to st petersburg where he lived for eighty years and among other operas which he composed while there was il barbiere di siviglia in seventeen ninety nine he was called to paris where napoleon greatly distinguished him upon leaving paris in eighteen o three napoleon desired him to name his successor when he performed the creditable act of nominating le sueur who was at that time unknown the list of his works embraces ninety four operas and one hundred three masses his music was melodious and pleasing but rather feeble he is regarded however as the inventor of the concerted finale which has since been so largely developed in opera perhaps the best of all the neapolitan composers of this half-century was zingarelli 
1752-1827. Zingarelli was not only a good musician and a good composer, but a man of ability and principle. He was an associate pupil with Cimarosa. After leaving the conservatory, he took lessons upon the violin, and in 1779 produced a cantata at the San Carlo Theater. Two years later, his first opera was produced at the same theater with great applause, Montezuma. He then went to Milan, where most of his later works were produced. He was an extremely rapid worker, his librettist stating it as a fact that all the music of his successful opera of Alzinda was composed in seven days, although the composer was in ill health at the time another of his best works his giulietta e romeo was composed in about eight days it is said that this astonishing facility was acquired through the discipline of his teacher speranza who obliged his pupils to write the same composition many times over with change of time and signature but without any change in the fundamental ideas while busily engaged as a popular opera composer zingarelli found time to compose much church music his most important works being masses and cantatas of the former there still exist a very large number of the latter about twenty he made a trip to france in seventeen eighty nine where he brought out a new opera l'antigone he was appointed musical director at the cathedral at milan in seventeen ninety two and two years later at loreto naples thence he was transferred to the sistine chapel at rome and finally in eighteen thirteen he was appointed director of the royal college of music at naples in which position he spent the remainder of his long and active life he produced about thirty-two operas twenty-one oratorios and cantatas and there are about five hundred manuscripts of his in the annuale di loreto as a composer of comic operas zingarelli became popular all over europe but he was nevertheless a serious even a devout composer he was extremely abstemious rose early worked hard all day and after a piece of bread and a glass of wine for supper retired early to rest he was never married but found his satisfaction in the successes of his musical children among whom were bellini mercadante ricci sir michael costa florimo etc part four in this as in the preceding century there was very little activity in england in the realm of opera music beyond that of foreign composers imported for special engagements in the last part of the seventeenth century however there was a real genius in english music who if he had lived longer would in all probability have made a mark distinguishable even across the channel and upon the chart of the world's activity in music that composer was henry purcell sixteen fifty eight sixteen born in london of a musical family his father having died while the boy was a mere infant he was presently admitted as a choir boy in the chapel royale the musical director being captain cook and later pelham humphrey in sixteen seventy five when yet only seventeen years of age purcell composed an opera dido and aeneas which is grand opera in all respects there being no spoken dialogue but recitative 
the first work of the kind in english it contains some very spirited numbers after this he composed music to a large number of dramatic pieces many anthems held the position of master of the chapel royal and in many ways occupied an honored and distinguished position he was one of the earliest composers to furnish music to some of shakespeare's plays and his full fathom five and come unto these yellow sands from the tempest have held the stage until the present time he was in all respects the most vigorous and original of english composers he died in the fullness of his powers and was buried in westminster abbey the portrait here given was painted by john klosterman and originally engraved for his orpheus britannicus it is impossible not to wonder whether the future of english music might not have been better if the powerful figure of the great master handel had not dwarfed all native effort in britain after purcell in the eighteenth century the most notable english composer was dr thomas arne who enjoyed a well-deserved reputation as an excellent dramatic composer the author of many songs still reckoned among english classics and the composer of the national hymn rule britannia which occurred as an incident in his mask of alfred dr arne has all the characteristics of a genuine national composer his music was immediately popular and held the stage for many years his first piece was fielding's opera of operas produced in seventeen thirty three the full list of his pieces reached upwards of forty-one operas and plays to which he furnished the music two oratorios abel and judith and a variety of occasional music his style is somewhat like that of handel a remark which was true of all english composers for more than a hundred years after handel's death but it is forcible melodious and direct his music was not known outside of england End of chapter 29